Welcome to the Vital Dawn podcast for Thursday, September 17th. S&P futures are trading down about 37 points. That is about 1%. They are at 33.40 for the S&P futures, and that's about 30 points off the overnight low. So they're a little bit off the worst levels of the morning. NASDAQ futures are down approximately the same percent. So they're down about 136 points. That is about 1.2%. The major European indices are trading down about 70 to 90 basis points. Banks and basic resources are lagging in Europe. They're off about 1.5 to 2%. Asia finishing the red across the board, although the declines were not as large on a percentage basis. Um, for the most part, the Hang Seng did fall 1.5%, but the other markets did not fall um, as much as you're seeing in the US this morning. So very quiet this morning. There's really not much news to talk about incremental from the US close yesterday. Um, obviously, the Fed is very much in focus. There are a lot of um, you know, uh, Fed recap articles, notes, commentary, et cetera. Um, you know, the Fed delivered essentially what everyone expected them to. So they've committed to holding inflation at zero. I'm sorry, they committed to holding rates at zero um, through at least 2023. And if you look at their new inflation language, um, which is actually a little different than what they kind of outlined on Jackson Hole, or at least they clarified it. So now they are intending to get inflation moderately above 2% for some time. Um, So again, the fact that they've been unable to achieve inflation at even 2% means that this new inflation target um, is essentially unattainable. And if that's the case, then you can, you know, anticipate them holding rates at zero for essentially ever. Um, So they have, you know, rates at zero forever, plus they're buying 140 billion, 120 billion rather, a month of assets, 80 of treasuries, and then 40 of MBS. So if that is not a combinator for anyone, I, I don't know what else people should be anticipating from the Fed. I know some people are complaining that they did not provide more specificity around quantitative easing, so they left it vague. They said they're going to be buying at at least the same, the current rate for the foreseeable future. I think some people were hoping um, for a more longer term uh, framework or a longer term schedule in terms of how that will play out over the coming months and quarters. Um, that's a mild negative, but again, they're, they're extraordinarily dovish. Um, Powell, uh, yesterday during the press conference, you know, has not, did not signal at all, uh, any intention of, of raising policy. So, you know, the fed, in my opinion, um, is, is not to be blamed for what's occurring this morning. You can make the case though, that again, if you look at their summary of economic projections, the fact that they are committing to holding rates at zero, the fact that they are buying um, the amount of assets that they are, and then they are also not targeting, uh, you know, they're not forecasting to get to their inflation goal at least through 2023. So you can say that the Fed doesn't have much faith in their ability to engineer and able to take inflation. So then why should the markets? And if the Fed is not powerful enough to shift inflation, then you need to kind of call into question its entire ability to boost stock prices, to boost multiples, et cetera. So that certainly is kind of a longer term, um, you know, more philosophical issue that markets have to grapple with when it comes to the Fed. But it's very difficult to kind of look at the Fed yesterday and then and then blame it for what's occurring in stocks. Um, other than the Fed, on the U.S. fiscal policy front, so you had this kind of group of bipartisan moderates put out this $1.5 trillion proposal Tuesday morning that has spurred some hopeful commentary, mostly from the White House. So Meadows came out and said that he's more hopeful than he had been. Trump last night said that you know he would like to see that that 1.5 trillion blueprint get passed. Again, I think the political calculus though does not 
does not favor a deal occurring before the election. Again, if you're McConnell, a large deal is going to hurt your Republican majority chances. And if you're Pelosi, you're not going to pass a bill without extracting some type of political cost, which is why those two are the most important people in this process, not the White House, really. So remember, McConnell, the, the Senate Republicans passed a bill of $500 billion, of which only $300 billion was actual incremental spending. Pelosi is still up at two, above, north of $2 trillion. Um, and you're not seeing a lot of pressure from markets or the economy. You can make the case that while well, stocks are trading a little bit poorly so far in September, that's true. But you know they're not nearly as weak as I think they would need to be in order to really catalyze Congress. Um, you know, and and the economic numbers are really not cratering either. Even though you have seen some softness, and you can and you can look at the retail sales figure out yesterday morning as an example. You also are coming up on this airline layoff moratorium deadline. So as of October first, airlines can now furlough and lay off workers again. Um, a bunch of them have struck deals with with unions that um, will be able to prevent furloughs, but you still have, um, you know, American Airlines in particular is saying how they're going to have to, you know, furlough at least tens of thousands of people. So that's another issue that could catalyze Congress. But I think that you still, the odds again are very low of a fiscal deal getting passed um, before the election. So those are the two obviously main themes as far as U.S. stocks are concerned, U.S. monetary policy, U.S. fiscal stimulus. Um, just some other items for this morning. You had a lot of central bank decisions other than the Fed. So you had Brazil, Indonesia, Japan, Taiwan, all had central bank policy decisions out um, since the U.S. closed yesterday. All of them left rates unchanged. That was all as expected. So nothing really to say there. Economic data this morning. Um not terribly incremental, although you did have a relatively ugly Eurozone auto registration number for August. So down 18 plus percent year on year, which was a notable softening versus the decline in July. So that was a small negative. You had a very healthy Australian jobs report though to offset that. Um, on the political front, no major movement. There was a new Rasmussen poll out yesterday that had Trump ahead by one point nationally versus Biden. That's the first time Trump has been up in the Rasmussen poll. Um, so that is notable. That one poll number took the average um, of Biden's national figures down. So now it's up about six. He is up about six percent on the national polls um, and still up about three to four percent on uh, within the battleground. So no no big movement there. Biden does have his town hall um, with undecided voters on CNN tonight. Um, and then we are waiting for this um Senate Homeland Security Panel report that is looking into Biden's activities during the Obama administration. Um, you know, a lot of people are looking at that. That could be politically damaging to Biden. Um, we'll have to see when that hits. On the COVID front, no major news. So the CDC yesterday during the day published its vaccine timeline as far as when a vaccine gets approved, how quickly it will be able to distribute it throughout the country and how quickly people will be able to actually consume it and get vaccinated. Um, I think a lot of it largely comports with kind of what the market is thinking. Um, you know, in terms of when the general population would be able to get fully vaccinated, you're talking about, um, you know, something probably late summer, early fall of 2021. Um, you know, to the extent you do see a vaccine get uh, emergency use authorization or outright approval, it can, it could probably start going to, um, you know, certain frontline workers or certain vulnerable members of the population as soon as late this year. But in terms of broad distribution, you're looking at least for um, probably a year from today. Um, again, that's already in line with expectations. Trump made some comments last night at the White House where obviously it was um, you know, typically 
um, unrealistically optimistic. I think you should focus more on the CDC. As far as the vaccines themselves, the Astra, the Astra trial is still paused in the U.S. So investors, again, are watching that closely. Most people assume it's kind of nothing that the, the, um, the adverse effect you had at the one patient in the U.K. was not necessarily a function of the vaccine and that the U.S. trial should resume soon. I think if we come in on Monday and that trial is still paused, people will start getting more anxious. Um, the Pfizer-BNTX vaccine seems to be the furthest along. So BNTX was out this morning and reiterating what Pfizer has been saying all along, that they think they'll know by the end of October if their vaccine is safe and effective. Um, and I think that's the market's assumption as well, that you will hear from at least one of these vaccines by the end of October. Um, not necessarily that the trial will be formally over, but that the companies will know by then. You do have a Moderna R&D day today. Um, it's probably not really going to be focused on COVID. I don't, you know, they, I don't think they have much to say on, their, on the vaccine trial, just given that it's still underway. Um, you know, they, they're probably going to focus on a lot of the other pieces of their pipeline, but that will be um, an event for, to watch for today. In terms of company-specific news, there's really nothing. There's no big earnings reports anywhere. Um, very quiet. The calendar today is also very slow. Um, the BOE is at 7 a.m. That should be a complete non-event. Um, you have another day of conference presentations. But other than that, it's, there's very little on the calendar for today. Um, and the same goes for tomorrow as well. Friday is very quiet too. Um, coming up next week, just quickly looking at the calendar, Powell will be testifying on three times for some reason uh, before Congress. Um, I, you know, Again, I don't think he'll have much to say other than what he's already talked about yesterday at the press conference. Two of those testimonies will be with Mnuchin. So I'm sure there'll be a lot of talk about fiscal stimulus. Obviously, Powell wants fiscal stimulus. Mnuchin wants fiscal stimulus as well. The question is whether or not a deal can be reached before the election. You have the flash PMIs on Wednesday of next week for September. That's the first real look at the month of September in terms of how economic activity is progressing. You have a few earnings next week, including Nike uh, Tuesday after the bell. Um, and then, you know, there has been rumblings again in the press about a DOJ antitrust lawsuit against Google. Um, prior reports have suggested that the DOJ wanted to make a decision by the end of September. So if they are going to move forward with that, presumably that could hit the tape next week. Uh, and that is essentially everything for today. Thank you for listening.